0: I do think that long term, coming out of a crisis situation, we can decide to think bigger about our lives.
1: I'd like to welcome Laura Vanderkam to the Productivity Podcast. Laura, thanks for joining me again.
0: Thank you for having me back.
1: So... The new book is called "The New Corner Office: How the Most Successful People Work From Home." So this is kind of like uh, an autobiography, right? It's like a me- like a memoir, <laughs> of sorts.
0: <laughs> of. A few a few stories from my experience, but a lot more from other people who've built you know their their careers or their empires with a strong work from home component, and sharing their secrets for how they get stuff done, and hopefully how readers can as well.
1: Why, why this book in in throwing you a softball right out of the gate? Why this book (laughs) right now?
0: (laughs) Well, let's, you know, there are a lot of people who are working from home for the first time and in the wake of of COVID-19. And I know that it's, it's hard to gauge where things will be, but life may be getting back to normal in many places. But even so, now that people have tasted what it is like to work from home, um, Few organizations can argue anymore that it will never work for them. And so a lot of places are going to be landing on some sort of hybrid model. You know, people work from home a few days per week, work in the office a few days per week, or maybe work in the office one week a month, work from home the others. And I think that's great. I think there are good reasons to do that, that working from home occasionally can be a strategic advantage for any career and any organization that embraces it can be more nimble. And so, this book is for those who want to come to this sort of mature understanding of what it means to work from home and how they can build their career and work from home productively and ambitiously.
1: Before we get into the the contents of the book, because uh, it's it's for those who are are, are you know going to going to pick it up and, and you can pick it up now. Uh, it's it's a read that that not only it's uh, quick is not the right, but it's 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 a read you can get into and it's one that you can revisit, which I really like. Because uh, there's that reinforcement that you need, I think, when you're facing a, a kind of a new challenge or something new, not just from the perspective of the person actually working from home, but like you said, from the organization that's either been thrust into it and now goes, oh, this can kind of work. Or kind of has been thrust into it and and have no choice but to deal with it on a more ongoing basis. But I want to talk a little bit more about your journey to this book from the last like your writing career to this point. This is this is uh you've had you've had several books come out. We've you've been on the show before when we talked about off the clock. Um, what 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 led you to this book specifically? Was it just you, you saw a need, you wanted to fill it? Uh, was it uh, something that you like? How did that? How did that come to pass? Because um, whenever I'm talking to an author who has uh, a, you know kind of a, a good body of work, um, it's always interesting to see the path that their writing journey has taken.
0: Well, this was really just pure opportunity seizing. Um, <laughs> that I've written about careers, I've written about productivity. Um, this is a need that people had and my publisher thought I could probably turn it around quite quickly. Um, so, you know, coming out in July is a a fairly quick turnaround for, for a book. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that was, that was what it was. And and honestly, I mean, you'll appreciate this. I I've spent a lot of my time over the past few years traveling and giving speeches, right? Like I go to a company and give a speech at their big, whatever day or to a convention and give a speech for that. And basically in the span of like three days in March, that part of my business completely disappeared. Right. So I needed mm. something else to do with myself and uh, pivoting to talk more about this is, is certainly one direction.
1: So the, right when we get into the book, we, uh, the first chapter, I love the, the title of it because it, it speaks to me and we've had this conversation more as well, Manage by Task, Not Time. Can you, especially right now where time is so fluid, I mean, we know what day it is mainly because it's our job, but, (laughs) but there's a lot of thing where time kind of blends in, especially when you work from home and the environment doesn't really change. And especially when you are not able to leave home, everything kind of blends in together. Um, Why, why do you posit and, and put forth this piece of advice as to manage by task and not time?
0: Well, it really helps people. Focus on what needs to get done um, as opposed to time, which is often a more inefficient way of looking at things. And I mean, obviously, I love time. My whole life is writing about time. But but it's not the only way to gauge success. And even, you know, when you look at it and, and really drill into it, even very progressive workplaces often judge so much by time rather than task. I mean, why are all meetings 30 or 60 minutes? It's it's certainly not that all human endeavors can be achieved in 30 or 60 minutes. It's just that that's the length of meetings. And so when you need to meet, you schedule it for 30 or 60 minutes, Uh, as opposed to thinking, well, who who needs to be there? What are those people doing? What are they going to do with their time that they're there? And what conclusion do we need to reach? And then figuring out what sort of time that requires. Uh, so, so it's, you know, a lot of stuff is managed by time, but the reason this is really important for working from home is if you've been in an office, most of your life, you have a very good sense when the day is done. And that sense is that it's five o'clock, right. Mm -hmm. Or whatever time is quitting time in, in your particular industry. And when you work from home, that is a lot less apparent. And so people can feel very out of sorts. Like, how do I know I have put in a good day? Um, do I need to keep working all night? Should I be half working and half surfing the web? Because I'm not sure maybe I should be doing something or I'm feeling ill at ease because I'm not sure if I'm productive or not. And the good news about managing yourself or other people by task is that when you say, okay, these are the six tasks I need to get done today. When those six tasks are done, well, you have put in a good day. Mm-hmm. And so if it's Four thirty, not five thirty. Well, you don't have to keep sitting there <laughs> just because of the group norms. Um, you can you can still feel like, well, I've I've done, I have marched my twenty miles today. I am good.
1: Well, and the, I think the one thing that this season has kind of taught us is that you know results oriented is, is is a better way to uh, see you know how productive someone is as opposed to the time they put in because the opt. I mean, if you're not you're not in front of the the people in your office and they can't see you, there's trust there. And when you are hitting those, you know, those notes every single day of like, oh, I got those six tasks done. I got those not only that, but I've also moved a little bit forward. And that's another whole cadence thing that we can talk about a little bit later. Um, It it really does kind of change the dynamic in which, you know, you and and an organization can operate, right?
0: Yeah, well, and it's, it's actually more satisfying, too. I mean, there's nothing inherently satisfying about it being 5 p.m. Um, right. but you know, various research into what makes people feel engaged in their work and, and feel like they are making um, progress really is as these series of small wins. And, and so each day you've set out, well, these are the goals I need to reach. And, you know, then you do them, you achieve those small wins. You, you feel good. You feel like you want to keep going the next day too. And yes, since your, your boss can't really keep tabs on where you are and what you are doing. Um, it, it's really a much better way to manage people as well.
1: When people start working from home and they're not used to this, and we're, we're going to talk about the individual right now, so the person reading this book, um, how important do you believe it is to try to um, engineer or create some sense of of um, I'll use the term normalcy, but let's I mean they'll just use that term that so that the transition is not as as um, Uh, jarring? Because I mean, there's lots of things going on that can be quite jarring and and anxiety can show up. So what are some of the, like a couple of tactics that people can take if they've been thrust into this, or maybe that they haven't tried yet that are like, okay, this feels, this feels like it's something that I've been doing or I'm used to doing.
0: Well, so, I mean, a lot of workplaces did just sort of recreate the workday. I mean, anything that would have been a meeting suddenly became a Zoom call, and mm. you know, if you were expected to be at the office at nine o'clock, like there'd be a Slack check-in at nine o'clock. And you know, it's—I th- I think this is somewhat of a missed opportunity because yeah. it doesn't take advantage of the upsides of working from home. Uh, but certainly, when you examine your own work styles, a lot of people find that having some sort of transition ritual to start the day is very helpful. Um, it can be whatever if, if you're in a place where schools are open again like walking your kids to school and then walking home well that's like a fake commute <laughs> you know mm-hmm. it's uh it, it can be helpful for getting a little fresh air and exercise and transitioning from home life to now we're at work life but it could be anything it'd be that you walk to the end of the driveway and get the newspaper and walk in and put it on the table and now go into your home office and now you're working or maybe you play some sort of Pump you up soundtrack. <laughs> That's the, the thing that tells you it's time to start work. Um, but doing something is, is very helpful for many people. And equivalent to that is doing something on the other end of it, right? That when you are working in an office, you know when the day is at least done for now because you left, like you have to leave at some point, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to sleep there. Uh, so that is a transition ritual as well. And I think a lot of people benefit from having some sort of transition ritual at the end of, you know, the bulk of their work day. Maybe it's setting their to-do list for tomorrow. Maybe it's, you know, sending a quick email to their supervisor saying what happened. Maybe it's, you know, again, playing a song or writing in a journal or whatever it is, but, and then shutting the laptop down. But having some way to say, okay, the day is done is also helpful for, for compartmentalizing some of that work stress and, and letting you be present for the rest of your life
1: how crucial do you think it is to have some self-empathy during times like this too, when you are making this transition and there's so many different ways of approaching things. Like I know, and and you and I've been in this game for a while where people will, get a new app and they'll dive in and they'll try to do it all at once. And then they'll abandon the app because it got too complicated or overwhelming. Or they'll, they'll read, they'll, they'll, they'll learn a time management strategy or they'll, and they'll go in full, you know, guns a blazing. And all of a sudden they're like, Oh, they, it just, it, it becomes overwhelming or something shows up and it throws them off their game and they abandon it altogether. How, how important, especially when they have little to no control in some situations, at least let's, we're talking about the present moment where they may not be able to go into an office environment and they, they want to, Kind of, they're dealing with this. How important is that ability to say, you know, like to to have some self care and to be um, gentle to a degree?
0: Yeah, no, I think it's important. And and one of the points I stress in in the new corner office is that working from home is a skill. And as with any skill, people are terrible on day one. Like you mm-hmm. know, March twenty twenty featured a lot of really really horrible Zoom calls with people speaking on top of each other and you know, the screen turning green.
1: Some of, of them sudden. went viral. Some, some, like, yeah, ba- some bathroom exactly. trips went viral, if I remember
0: yeah. yeah. And, and, it, and it's not even just that or it's like figuring out what you're supposed to be doing with yourself or, um, you know, making the mistake of working all night cause you didn't ever have a sense of like, okay, I, I need to be able to march again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. There's just all sorts of things that can, can go wrong or setting unclear directions for your employees or, um, yeah. So many issues. It's a skill. You get better at a skill over time. And, you know, people do skills differently. Like there can be good ways that look different. Uh, you know, if you think of a skill like playing basketball, someone like Steph Curry and LeBron James play basketball very differently, but they're both very good at it. So, mm-hmm. you know, figure out what, what works for you and, and aim to get better within the style that works for you. And, and the good news about working from home is that you can do that. I mean, so much more of it is self-directed and not so subject to the group norms that require you to do the same thing as everyone else.
1: Yeah. I was listening to James Clear talk to, uh, I think it was Josh Peck on his podcast, Curious. And one of the things James brought up about habits was that people are more likely to follow the group when, rather than embrace a, a habit that they know is good because the group is not doing that. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll follow the crowd, kind of like that peer pressure. And that that does. I mean, without again, out of sight, out of mind, can kind of allow you to develop those personal, subjective uh, ways that you may want to work. And one of the things you talk about, which I think is is often challenging for people when they're in an, a nine to five situation. I know it is for me because I'm a night owl, and we've had this conversation before too, where you know, matching your most important work. You talk about this to your most productive time. I'm. I mean, I've always since I started working from home and working for myself the, the later part of the day, like is the, is my prime time for this sort of thing. And when you work in an office environment, there's often this, um, Hey, we all do this at this time because this is the morning in the morning, everybody operates this way, but not everybody's good at that. So you, you have this opportunity. Um, can you share some of your insights as to how people can maybe get into this a little bit more if they haven't been able to do it before when they've been working outside of the home?
0: Yeah. I mean, when people do working from home, well, They can work around their particular work styles with, of course, the caveat that if you work as part of a team, there needs to be some overlap, Right. but it doesn't have to be all eight hours of the workday. I mean, I've talked to some organizations that they set kind of core hours, like everyone needs to be on from, let's say 10 to three, but then the other three hours or whatever can be whenever they could be earlier, they could be later. Um, and and I think that's great, because if you've got somebody who's really good at what she does, but she's pretty much useless before 10am, like there, there's nothing gained by forcing her to check in on Slack at 8am. And just because that's the time that the workday should start. I mean, what, what's what is gained by that? Um, you're, you're better off sort of allowing for a bit more flexibility in working styles so people can figure out the way to work that works best for them.
1: Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products, Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now, a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there, and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now, you can post your job for free at linkedin.com conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. My listeners can try one password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepassword.com slash productive convo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with one password. time crafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. Okay, I'm going to take a break from the conversation with Laura. But when we come back, we're going to talk more about the idea of how to get used to working from home and some of the other things that she uh, really wants to talk about in the new book. But I want to talk about our sponsor for this episode, which is something you can definitely use in your new corner office, especially if you're using a Mac. Actually, it's really only if you're using a Mac because it is Set app. Set Setapp is a subscription for Mac apps. Really, there's an app for almost any task so you can stay in your flow and finish what you started with Setapp. Setapp packs over 180 high quality apps into one as i said there's an app for almost any task it's it's a great value at just nine dollars and 99 cents a month so instead of paying thousands for separate licenses there's just one flat monthly fee and new apps are always being added to Setapp. updates are free and all the apps this is a big one are full featured pro version so you're not playing with limited apps you get the whole deal with setup and there are lots of great apps available just looking at the maintenance tasks alone such as Disk drill uh, gemini which of course was developed by macpaw who founded and created setup iStat menu so you can monitor your max health system backup pro because you know uh, get backup pro because you need to back up your mac of course and then if you want to really kind of hack your mac a bit there's bartender which i've been using for a long time in the menu bar Uh, a better touch tool which i know my friend brett terpstra has talked about it's another great one and brett's got a couple of apps in here marked as one of them there are a lot of great apps in setup you you will not be lacking for apps and, and that's the thing setup has a dedicated curation team that only selects the highest quality apps so you don't have to spend time on app discovery and testing setup makes it easy to get the best tools when you need them they're already in setup so again there's an app for almost any task so you can stay in your flow and finish what you started i want you to get started with setup today so visit setup.com and give setup a try it's free for just seven days so give it a try setup.com get that seven day free trial and I, I i know as someone who's using it on my own mac that you're going to get a lot out of setup so give it a try today again visit setapp.com and check out setup for free for seven days do it now and now let's get back to my conversation with laura vanderkam here on the productivityist podcast all right so now we're into the point where we're, i don't want to necessarily talk about um when people are facing like the current, you know, COVID nineteen situation, because I remember reading this article or seeing this cartoon rather about how w- there's a sinking boat and uh, there's a shark swimming around this person on a life lifeboat, and they're you know they look panicked, and and the <laughs> the caption below says, "Now is the perfect time for you to start writing that novel." <laughs> um, <laughs> that's uh, some of the, uh, some of the, some of the, the thoughts that have been, per, you know, prevailing up there is, well, now you have all this time, you have all this stuff. And in chapter four, when I read it, I'm like, okay, I want to know what, what, what Laura means by this, because chapter four is think big. I'm like, she doesn't want people to start writing that novel and doing that stuff with that. You know what I mean? So, uh, or maybe you do. So uh, can you talk about the idea of when this, this chapter to a degree, I mean, obviously I want people to pick up the book and, and, and check it out, but the the idea of thinking big you know in, in when it comes to the new corner office
0: yeah no, it's funny i actually wrote an op-ed for the washington post earlier in the the pandemic experience that was called. You have time to write that novel. You just don't want to. Um,
1: <laughs> this which, is a very valid point. Yeah, which
0: is a valid point. You know, it's not a priority when we don't have. We say I don't have time. That means it's not a priority. And there may be very valid reasons that it is not a priority for you right now. If you feel like you are in a lifeboat with a shark circling, then that's not your priority. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you don't have time. Like somebody handed you a typewriter. <laughs> like you know, it could take a while for that shark to get you. Um, but it's it may not be a top priority at the moment. Um, But I do think that long term, coming out of a crisis situation, we can decide to think bigger about our lives. And in in the past, this idea of working from home, it was very much aimed at like, oh, well, maybe people who need a little bit more work-life balance. It's not what the go-getters do. It's it's for those who want to tone things down a little bit, take a little time off. We all know you're not really working if you're working from home. So we understand that this is about work-life balance, what have you. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think that you can definitely build an empire from the new corner office. You can think big about your career. Um, And so I challenge people to do that, to ask how they'd like to be spending their time, to think about long-term professional goals, to think about how they might get there. Um, And a lot of that is just giving yourself the time and space to think. And, you know, unfortunately, in the new corner office, as in an old corner office, it can be very easy to fill all available space with answering emails and taking meetings and things like that. But uh, actually consciously taking a step back and and looking at our time and looking at our long-term ambitions uh, gives us then the mental space to start making a plan to get there.
1: Do you think that when someone starts to embrace this idea of working from home and 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 they're in it you've got this experiment where people track their time um and we I know we talked earlier about managing tasks not time but you know you and I both know that that having an understanding of time is is important because it helps you make better decisions with that resource that we have um is is now like what does that look like i mean i know you work from home so it's it's going to be no different for you but for somebody who may have been tracking their time before when they're in the office or maybe thinking that they were versus now is that experiment? Like how does that experiment play out now for somebody who's trying to embrace this new, this new home office, a new corner office kind of mentality?
0: Well, I think it's always a good idea to track time after any big life change. Um, So, you know, somebody has a new baby or, you know, gets married or moves or, starts a new job. I mean, these are all good reasons to track time again, because a lot of time will be different. Although there will also be some other things that are not so different. And that is important to see as well. Um, so yeah, if somebody is, you know, working from home a lot more now than they were in the past, it's it's definitely a good occasion to track your time and, and to see what it looks like to say, well, this is sort of the rhythm I fall into on a good work from home day. This is what it looks like. So how can I try to then replicate that rhythm um, on days in general so that I have more good days. Um, this is how I can make my weekdays feel different from my weekends, even though I'm in the same place, because these are the things that I like to do on weekends and you know, can make the weekend look a little bit more special. So, so there are all sorts of insights you can gain by tracking time, whether you're working in an office or working from home.
1: And you can use good pens too. I know you talk about that. I was like, <laughs> I should lo- use the good. Pens. I so I was having a conversation with Doug Fraser, who's going to be on a, a future episode of the podcast. And I was talking about the Baron Fig stuff that I love using, like the pens and the notebooks and all that. And I think that that um, you when I read that part, it's a very brief part, but I'm like, yeah, you know, th- that's helped. That's helped me, you know, get into the groove, get into the get into the. um, the mindset, the mind frame, is that something that helps you to like, even to this, like to this day where it's like, oh, this is, I get to use this thing now, or this is what I use this for. And it just, it just elevates you.
0: Yeah. I mean, you want to elevate the everyday. You want to enjoy using your tools. I, I mean, if you hate writing on your laptop, you're going to have a problem. If you feel like you're cramped up because the screen's too small, you're going to have a problem. If you don't want to write because your pen's bad, or you, you don't come up with great ideas because you don't like writing in this, you know, free notebook from the bank. Like it, this, These things are really self-defeating. Um, you're much better off spending a little bit of extra money and getting the good stuff, the stuff that makes you feel like work has this element of, of pleasure to it. Um, starting with being comfortable in your workspace. If, if you're in... Yeah, you know, a lot of people who started working from home for the first time in March probably grabbed whatever spot of the house was convenient or had a door or, you know, anything yep. that would work for the time being. And that's fine. You know, in a crisis, we do what we have to. But if it's going to be part of your life long term, then it's worth figuring out, like, is this going to work long term? And you know, maybe it's that you're going to have to move. I don't know that might be to have a dedicated home office space, or maybe it's that you're going to have to reconfigure a room or um, move stuff around just in order to have a spot that is comfortable, that is private, that is well lit, that makes you want to get your work done. Um, So it's worth getting that right.
1: And I think it's important to note that that's an evolutionary process, like you said, because a lot of people, they'll try to get it just right when they they'll they'll deal with the emergency situation, right? They'll get that done. And then they'll be like, okay, now I have my office now. Let me get it set up. Just so, I mean, there's that old adage. How do you get a writer to uh, clean it, clean their desk? Uh, give them a book deadline, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's that, it's that idea. It's that thought of something, creating that perfect environment. It's, it's, I think perfection is, is a, is a, is a, is a crazy pursuit, but to get it to the point where you're like, okay, I like this and then finding things and adding and mixing it up Every once in a while can be really helpful, especially when you can't leave or you don't have the opportunity to go uh, anywhere. Um, would you agree with that?
0: Yeah, I would also caution that people should use Pinterest responsibly. Um,
1: so
0: there's, <laughs> there are a lot of photos of home office setups out there. But many of these home office setups are not in any way intended for somebody who's going to work 40 hours a week in that setup. Like it's, you know, this tiny little vintage desk, like where are you going to put your stuff? Mm -hmm. Um, Like, you know, these cool dining room upholstered chairs, like that is not going to work. Or a wall painted like bright magenta. (laughs) It's like, no, (laughs) it is not like you're going to be staring at that all day long. And so, you know, it, it, it really think about what works for you, what makes you comfortable, what makes you feel productive. And if you like bright colors, maybe there's a nice throw pillow somewhere or a object on your desk in that color, um, rather than painting the whole room. (laughs)
1: Um, I want to talk a little bit as, as we get close to wrapping up about the idea of work life integration. And I mean, as we're both parents, we both, I mean, I just told you before we, we hopped on as we were recording this, my son is, is back in school for a couple days a week. Um, so my work hours have kind of been okay. Well, this is when I work now, uh, because you know, he, no one is home and I can do recordings. And that's when we're doing this right now. Um, but uh, the idea that weekends, like everything kind of blends together. So having that work life, and I like how you use the term work life integration. Cause I do not like the term work life balance. It just doesn't, it's, it's, I think it's been, you know, overused And, and it's, it's, it almost feels tenuous. Like things are trying to, you're trying to kind of keep things, uh, on the level. Whereas integration, they kind of, they are blending or they are, you know, there is that they, they live together in harmony to degree, You're at least trying to, um, for people who are dealing, let's talk about kids and parenting specifically. Um, how? What's some of the the things that people can do, especially when they have kids, and they're 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 doing this now to kind of keep that that work life integration in a place where they can feel like they are going to be able to bring their their best selves that they can to, to those to those two different areas.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, long term. If you work from home and have kids who are too young to watch themselves, then you need some form of childcare. And for many people, school serves this purpose, and that's fine, school, mm-hmm. camp. Of course, then we've seen in the past few months that that is no guarantee. <laughs> um, so something to keep in mind. Uh, if you have kids who are younger than school age, then then somebody else needs to be caring for them during the hours you're working. Um, I know a lot of people were left in the lurch with that, obviously, with the, with the pandemic. And so people have just had to do the best they can, usually by splitting hours between partners um, or just being very, very good about organizing the day to do a lot during nap time and before the kids get up and after they go to bed. Um, but, uh, you know, there are certainly ways to embrace work-life integration, looking forward as people are back in more normal caregiving situations. I know that having a family lunch, for instance, is is a great idea. I mean, you have to eat anyway. You Mm -hmm. have to take breaks at some point. If there are other people in the house, well, try to coordinate it so you can all eat lunch together and it won't work every day. Um, But maybe just sort of having a general agreement that we try not to do stuff between 12 and 1230 unless it's really, really important to happen at that exact time means that you can um, spend your breaks with your family. Um, you know, work-life integration can be uh, more broadly understood just, you know, that you could exercise, for instance, during the day. If there's a point where you have no more video calls, I mean, there's there's no reason that you can't get into your exercise clothes and then, you know, go exercise during a break between calls and be right back on. Um, you're, you're using time that probably would have just been spent cleaning out your inbox to do something far more productive in the grand scheme of things. So, that that's something you can do as well.
1: All right, Laura, as we get close to wrapping up here, I always try to ask uh, my guests to offer one action that somebody can take today to, to kind of move forward with what, with, with the mission or the mandate of, of whatever we've been talking about. So uh, as we get ready to leave here, what's one simple action that somebody can take to kind of build momentum and move forward if they want to start building their new corner office, their new home corner office today.
0: Um, well, I think think about what would be your end of day ritual. I mean, a lot of people get their heads around something to start the day, but think about what would be a good end of day ritual. And I, I can suggest stuff like getting your to-do list, your to-do list ready for the next morning um, so that when you start work the next morning, you know exactly what you want to execute on. But there's probably lots of different things you could try. Um, but just think about what this might be, You know what you could spend five minutes doing um, that would make the day feel more complete, and like something special has just happened that you've ended it. Um, and if you do that, I promise that your daily rhythm will feel a lot better.
1: Laura, this has been great. Thanks so much for taking the time to join me today. The book is called The New Corner Office, How the Most Successful People Work From Home. Where can people pick up the book and where, they can, where can they keep up with you and your work?
0: So you can pick up this book. It's being sold first as an ebook with all the issues with distribution to actual physical stores. Um, So any online retailer uh, will have it. And then you can come visit me at lauravandercam.com for news about my podcasts, um, my writing in general, and to connect with me.
1: Laura, thanks again for joining me today on the Productivity Podcast.
0: Thanks for having me.